Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Dirt Radio. I'm your host Phil Evans and today I'm bringing you a pre-recorded show that is taking place on the land of the Gundjamara people on Gadabanud country and we pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. Also we'll be rebroadcasting this from the land of the Wurundjeri people and pay same respects to elders past, present and emerging there where sovereignty has never been ceded on any of that land. And we acknowledge that continued struggle of First Nations people going on around the world as well. Dirt Radio is, of course, Friends of the Earth sponsored show on 3CR where we get down and dig into the dirt of what's going on around Friends of the Earth and also the wider grassroots community. Today on the show, I want to talk about International Women's Day, which is coming up uh, next week. Uh, and we're going to talk to an old familiar voice for long-time listeners of Dirt Radio and 3CR. We'll talk to Samantha Castro and her take on International Women's Day. Some of the, uh, the interesting work that's been going on around bringing together a bit of a vision for what it looks like. And dig into what she means by her take on no cupcakes, no cops and no corporates. That's coming up in just a moment. You're on Dirt Radio on 3CR. Goongaroo Environment Centre is a grassroots community organisation campaigning for East Gippsland's precious forests. For over 15 years, we've been using direct action, citizen science and community engagement to stop the continued logging of precious native forests and threatened species habitat. After this summer's terrible bushfires, there's an even greater urgency to protect what remains. And the Victorian government haven't ruled out plans to log the small fragments of unburnt forests and so-called salvage log in burnt areas. It's now so important that forests and wildlife are protected so they can recover. Head to gecko.org.au to keep updated with the latest news and to get involved. Gecko acknowledges the logging is happening on the stolen lands of the Gunnakurnai and Bidwell and the Naro people and that sovereignty was never ceded. A 3CR supporter. You're listening to 3CR. This is Dirt Radio, Phil Evans. Good to have you with us. Um, as I mentioned, just before that quick community service announcement, we're going to be joined by Samantha Castro today to talk about International Women's Day and her take on no cupcakes, no cops and no corporate. Sam, how are you going? Hi, Phil. Good to be back on Dirt Radio. Oh, it's so nice to hear your voice, <laughs> not just in the intro sting for those who uh, have a keen ear. <laughs> oh, you're still using that one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we want to talk to you today um, about International Women's Day, as we said, um, and I think we've done this um, in the last maybe couple of years, actually, um, mm. had a bit of a chat about uh, patriarchy and things like that. But I'm interested um, in the name of today's show, No Cupcakes, No Cops, No Corporates. Yes. What, what does that mean? Well, uh, I think what it means is that we want to bring international women's day back to its grassroots mm. uh so no cupcakes means for me personally not 
celebrating our mere survival in patriarchal structures, uh, celebrating the fact that we've managed to hold our jobs or climb the corporate ladder uh, while also being abused, often sexually, physically, uh, sidebarred in promotions. For me, over sort of the last 15 years, International Women's Day really had devolved into a celebration of women's survival in corporate structures, in patriarchal society, despite the fact there is ever-increasing um, violence against women, economic hardships and impacts, uh, women on the front lines in the climate movement, holding all the work while the corporations taking all the money and then get to ride the back of the women as good citizens um, by celebrating one day and tossing out a fluffy cupcake that's full mm. of sugar but no substance. Uh, and, of course, no cops means I don't think that International Women's Day should be celebrating the success of women uh, in structures that are specifically designed to oppress people and cause harm. Uh, so we don't want to really be uh, focusing on how great it is that women can now go and be frontline soldiers and murder people in foreign countries. No, we want to be talking about system change. We want to be talking about refocusing our entire system and our institutions towards care, life, environmental protection, uh, welfare, and, you know, a society where people are valued over profit uh, and where women are not expected to feed themselves into the system. Um, so for me, that's kind of the cupcakes, corporates and cops component. Of course, you know, we could talk about that for hours <laughs> and what it means. Um, but at the bottom line for me, I think there was an attempt to incorporate you know, it's one of the greatest tricks of the patriarchy is to make us think that we can be or should want to strive to be equal in a colonial extractive violence system. And I think we need to get back to liberation, um, liberation from oppression, liberation from systems that no longer serve us and liberations from the violence that has been inflicted upon us and liberation from the exploitation that has been used to prop up the capitalist system. Uh, so I'm hoping that International Women's Day this year is really a return to the concept of liberation from oppressive systems and that we are striving for something bigger, more progressive and uh, a new pathway rather than uh, trying to always feed ourselves back into the very system that is then going to oppress us. Yeah, so really this is a rejection of uh, the, the outcomes of second wave feminism? I don't think it's a rejection, but I think it's an understanding that our own capacity to see what that system would do to us has shifted a lot. So if you think about second wave feminism coming out of the 60s um, and into the 70s, what you have is the call for women not to be oppressed and, and held in domestic labour, unpaid labour, um, but to have the right to do all the unpaid labour and paid labour <laughs> and become an economic unit in the capitalist Two system. Two for one. Wow, look at that. We are good at multitasking. Um, but, it, yeah, the second wave feminism was really, I guess, uh, framed around the concept at that time that capitalism and democracies uh, we're heading towards these better lifestyles for and opportunities for everyone. So in some respects, 
it's easy in hindsight to be hypercritical and go, actually, the French uh, structural feminists knew all along that feeding women into the capitalist system was only going to lead to further inequality and oppression and extra labour on top of all the unpaid labour propping up the system. Um, but, yeah, I guess they caught the wave. They, they, they had the opportunity. They saw it as a progression. In many ways, maybe it was a progression, but... Um, I think now in late capitalism with the state of the planet and particularly looking at the recovery pathways and mm. the impacts of the pandemic, we have to acknowledge that uh, freeing women from being bound to the house, having that individualised freedom did not help the collective cause. In fact, it's ensured that we remain oppressed and at, at the sort of vulnerability of the men that have concentrated the power and the wealth. Mm. And the same could be said of all the interlinked oppressions, right? So mm. the pathway forward, you know, is not necessarily just to replicate the Western model. Um, and, and I think that's become particularly clear after 9-11, the war on terror, where the concepts of what it means to be free have been tied mm. to being in a competitive capitalist system that has no desire to address oppression at all. Uh, so I don't know if I'd outright reject it, but I would say that like all good um, evolving movement, uh, your understanding changes. And I think we need something much bigger and better than assuming that we all want to be equal in that system and whether that system actually serves anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I mean, we've kind of covered like uh, what this is against, yes. um, but I know uh, you are a, a very well-rounded activist. And um, whilst you say no, you often say yes to other things. <laughs> um, you might uh, call that a bit of resistance and transformation, as we yes. say, uh, friends of the earth. Um, so what what is this kind of uh, um, vision um, around mm. International Women's Day? What, what, what is it actually striving for? So I know there's some particular um, statements and outcomes. Yeah. So there's something that's been developing locally, um, born out of women across, I guess, movement, whether it's union, community groups, grassroots groups, recognising that the things that we are striving to achieve in relationship to climate justice and addressing climate change are missing key ingredients because the focus has been in this silo of, well, if we just address emissions, if we just address this particular corporate behaviour around the environment, then we'll all be okay. But we know that that's just shifting it. And so I think what grassroots sort of anti-capitalist feminism has been able to bring to the table, particularly in the Melbourne uh, International Women's Day Committee, which I'm not a part of, but was one of the stakeholders they consulted with in developing the platform for the Melbourne NAM mm. rally, um, was really looking at repoliticizing feminism and the movement as a political force that understands the need for transformation and pathways and solutions. And I guess what is clearly lacking in so much of the current state of play is an alternative vision and, and the critical tools and the political tools to be able to execute that vision or, or at least begin the, the transformation to it. And so what we're looking at is trying to understand how oppression works and how International Women's Day should by nature return to its grassroots and really address the things that are holding us back from changing the system, from actually liberating ourselves 
from the endless growth and exploitation and extraction and colonization and neo-colonization. And I guess most recently through the pandemic, it really came to our attention that women were on the front lines. They were both being exposed and exploited. They got nothing out of it. For a brief moment, we had free childcare. And even the people on our own side and in the union movement let it slip away. So I guess you could say International Women's Day in Melbourne this year is a call to action to political resistance and transformation, getting back to the roots of both the idea of International Women's Day, but also progressing our politics as the left to a point where we understand if we don't dismantle all of these components around justice, social justice, economic justice, gender justice, we are never going to achieve climate justice and we are never going to achieve long-lasting system change to address, you know, institutionalised misogyny, racism, class, all of those things that have led us to the point that we're at. Uh, So it's a really interesting collection of people that have come together with a very uh, deliberate sense that this is no longer about celebration, this is about protest, demand and resistance and that we feel that all political parties and the major institutionalised parts of the movement have failed to address the interlinked oppressions that are stopping us from finding solutions Mm. to some of the major crises that we are facing. Uh, And that's locally. And then, of course, there's the faux international stuff, which I'm not Mm. sure if you want me to speak to. I'm kind of interested in this idea of um, interlinked oppressions. Yeah. I mean... What do you mean by that? So I guess our position is that we live in a world that is founded on patriarchal structure. So the particular privilege of particular class and type of man in, you know, Western world, it's definitely Mm. white, rich, power influenced men um, that use the concept from the nuclear family to the social structure um, to oppress people that don't fit with their agenda and that threaten their power and that it operates in a way that has real material impact on um, particular groups of people and that benefits the masculine as a societal group. Uh, So when we talk about interlinked oppressions and what what is feminism, feminism is inclusive, it is gender diverse and it recognizes that patriarchy and misogyny do not operate in a vacuum. They work together with other mechanisms of oppression to concentrate the power. So, for example, uh, racism, uh, structural racism, controlling entire populations of people based on the colour of their skin is, of course, an oppression, and it's founded on white supremacy uh, in a similar way to colonialism or neo-colonialism. Another area of oppression is, uh, you know, class. So we have to look at the way that class impacts. We also have to look at the way um, that colonization impacts not just in terms of racism Mm. but in terms of how we operate in the world towards entire other groups of people uh you know so i would say that these are these are 
mechanisms of control that mutually reinforce each other and they really create the structure that we live in mm. uh, and and the violence and the the destruction of not only our communities but also the planet mm. uh, so it's really important that we understand how they work together uh, this also includes of course homophobia transphobia uh, ableism uh, these are very real material impacts created through the mechanisms of capitalism uh, to ensure that certain people stay in control and we know who they are, you know, mm. and we know why. And so we have to look at it that way. And when we talk about bringing about system change and climate justice, if we don't deal with those mutually reinforcing oppressions, then, you know, you can you can knock one on the head, but it just transfers it to something else. Yeah, that endless othering. You're listening exactly. to Yeah, you're listening to 3CR. This is Dirt Radio. Phil Evans, your host here, talking to Samantha Castro, um, the operations coordinator at Friends of the Earth Australia, and also a uh, founding member of our gender justice and dismantling patriarchy working group. <laughs> so we have such long titles at FO. I know. We like to be very specific about what we do. And we we're just talking about um, the interlinked oppressions that exist, kind of are enabled by this patriarchal power structures mm-hmm. in society, and how there's been a bit of a shake up in um, Nam or Melbourne around uh, the way that International Women's Day is being discussed. And Sam was talking us through how she was one of the stakeholders um, to the committee um, talking about uh, um, really mixing up this work. Mm. Um, I want to uh, kind of talk a little bit about Friends of the Earth and um, and, and where this, this kind of um, structure and this, this work around system change and how it relates to dismantling patriarchy. We're actually down in... Um, uh, uh, on beautiful coast on Gunditjmara country at the moment. And as I look out the window, we've put a flag up. It's a beautiful purple flag with white writing on it that says, dismantle patriarchy, not the planet. And it's a Friends of the Earth flag. Mm. What is this? I mean, what does patriarchy have to do with the environment? (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting. And I guess it stems a lot from uh, analysis and critical analysis around ecofeminism. Uh, and feminist economies, uh, and 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 this idea that what we, what what the patriarchal culture does to women and our bodies, it does through extension and othering due to the planet. Uh, so it's this idea that that women are an endless resource to fulfill the needs of the capitalist system. Uh, the planet is treated in the same way. The extractiveness of labor could be said the same for the planet. So it's about recognising that the othering leads to environmental destruction, that the capitalist system that requires the infinite growth and extraction of labour and reproduction are completely tied to us in our personal bodies and lives, but ultimately extended into the communities and the planets and the water and the health and the care of the systems that we live in. So I think... Um, patriarchy has everything to do with uh, the the troubles that we have found ourselves in relation to climate change. And I think that what feminism 
and ecofeminism offer is a pathway in which to you to analyze but also to activate into action and political outcome um the reordering of that so that we are not othering and exploiting forever so i think on that level um you know feminism is a really important tool but i do want to say we have to be really really careful when we talk about ecofeminism not to essentialize women in caregiving mm. roles and oh my god you're the goddess that births life so of course every woman should want to have a baby and be a baby maker because that actually feeds into the capitalist agenda of women being at home having babies to produce future economic units to further go and mine and destroy the planet mm, yeah. to create more economic units. Uh, so yeah, I I do want to I do want to say that Friends of the Earth in particular is very very clear that we understand that ecofeminism has over the years been depoliticized and turned into like a an al almost like deifying of 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 women mm. as essentialized caregivers and that's just not true um but for fo where we came to was the understanding that if our entire goal is about dismantling this rapacious capitalist system and its political structures and and making long-lasting system change it's not going to happen through a climate justice frame unless we actually address the issues that the that there are people in our global community um, that are on the front lines and suffer multiple and compounded oppressions in an attempt to stop the machinery from killing us all, right? Uh, so we have to address economic justice, gender mm. justice, racial justice. All of these things need to be addressed and reordered in terms of their power relationships in order to ensure that we, we move forward into a world with justice and a just recovery from whether it's this pandemic the next pandemic you know we might be able to i don't know somehow turn the ship on the on the endless capitalist system but you know if we go into this kind of world that is you know putting people before profits which people get put where you know does it does it mean that we've changed the, the hierarchies within all of the oppressive structures because the one thing that seems to be in common across these interlinked oppressions is that the the patriarchal control remains in all of those areas mm. uh doing the capitalism doing the class warfare you know doing the extractive neo-colonialism and colonialism driving forth agendas of white supremacy and violence mm. uh and, and we and need to address that yeah and even in climate justice you can see the patriarchy at work um Absolutely. you know like the simplistic analysis goes well if we're creating jobs while we uh battle climate change then we're doing climate justice but most of those jobs are really going in male-dominated industries yeah and these are jobs for boys mm. and again with the pandemic and and climate the the climate sort of justice pathway I would say that, you know, the left has a lot of thinking to do and this is why International Women's Day is reactivating mm -hmm. itself as a demanding, mm. forceful entity to say it's not just a just recovery, it's a feminist recovery. This is not just an intellectual idea. Feminist tools of analysis can be translated into political outcome and action and we have to stop thinking about it as this abstract theory because 
real women, real people of colour, real Indigenous people around the planet, real working class people, real gay people, queer people, you know, we are all suffering the impact from holding up this system. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I love what I'm hearing. If you like what you're hearing um, at home, you're speaking at International Women's Day Rally. I am. Um, and when is that so people can come and check you out? It is Monday the 8th of March. I can't remember the time. Ah, uh, look it up. <laughs> we'll put the details in the show liner notes. Um, and as always, a pleasure to talk to you, Sam. And if you do want to talk um, more to Sam and I yes. and uh, find the feminist front lines um, in the environment movement, you can always come and volunteer at Friends of the Earth Melbourne. Um, so check out melbourne.fo.org.au, click that volunteer button, get in touch and and um, we would love to have you along. Absolutely. Always looking for more people to help liberate us from this broken system. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Sam. You're welcome. You're listening to 3CR Dirt Radio. Phil Evans here. Just was chatting to Samantha Castro about International Women's Day. No cupcakes, no cops, no corporates. Um, a really good show. And if you want to check it out, you can always catch up with a podcast at 3cr.org.au. Click on the shows, find Dirt Radio, and you can listen back on all episodes that we have done this year and right through history. Got to uh, wrap up the show now. Um, just a bit of a, a warning. The songs that I'm going to play do allude to um, sexual assault and also the retribution that can come from that. Um, first up, we're going to hear Seven Year Bitch and Dead Men Don't Rape. And then we'll hear some Tribe 8, Frat Pig. Love a little girl, right? Keep it on 3CR. See you sometime soon. Bye.